Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Do you know that Singapore actually builds electric motorbikes? Yes, you have heard it right. Now, while such bikes are not on the roads of Singapore, they are exported to other Southeast Asian markets, such as Indonesia. Now, our guest for today is one of these electric motorbike manufacturers. Founded in 2019, Ion Mobility is a Singapore based startup that aims to tap the growing appetite for electric vehicles in Southeast Asia. Asia. The firm launched its M1S electric scooter in Jakarta in November last year and closed its 18.7 million US dollars Series A round in February this year. Now, more notably, it also brought in the world's leading two and three wheeler manufacturer, TVS Motor Company, as one of its strategic investors to further grow the electric two wheeler space within Singapore and Indonesia. Now, so what is Ion Mobility's growth trajectory like in the near future with its partnership? Now, meanwhile, how is the firm working with authorities and agencies within Singapore to open up new business models and develop other products that can be sold within the country? Well, for more, I'm joined in studio by James Chan, CEO of Ion Mobility, and Lee Park Singh, Assistant Chief Executive for Trade and Connectivity at Enterprise SG. Welcome both. Thank you, Tian Tian. It's good to be here. Thank great you for to, having me. Great to have you guys on board. And uh, let's maybe start with you, James. Uh, for the first half of the conversation, we've briefly talked about Ion Mobility as a Singapore-based EV startup, focusing mainly on electric motorbikes. But we want to hear from you. How would you then define your value proposition and business model? Thank you. It's a, it's a good question, a very expansive uh, question as well. Uh, I think when we talk about value proposition, and we can examine it from several angles. I think the first angle as a company, uh, we operate at the intersection of design and uh, hardware and software, uh, undertaking what we deem as a hard tech effort. Uh, it's not so much deep tech, uh, mm-hmm. hard tech, and, and in approaching the design, engineering, and manufacturing of uh, leading edge electric motorbikes for Southeast Asia, starting with Indonesia. Uh, the full stack end to end strategy means that we take on the industrial design, mechanical, electrical, electronics, firmware, and software. And this extends further into the supply chain management, procurement, as well as manufacturing, and even further extending past that into direct-to-consumer, retail, and lifestyle brand creation. So mm-hmm. as a full-stack company, we have uh, a lot of domains and disciplines to cover. Uh, and to kind of, uh, in order to achieve that, we have to have the ability to build teams in all of these areas. So that's one major value proposition that we bring to the table. The second value proposition, we can examine it from more of a product perspective. Uh, mm. The traditional combustion motorbike segments of 110cc, 125cc, 155cc, and 250cc and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, the up to 155cc in Indonesia, it's typically near pushing 90 plus percent of the entire market. Wow. And with the 155cc being uh, 16, 17% of the market in Indonesia by new sales per year, a uh, quarter of ownership by ownership. Th- this premium mass market segment of 155 is something that is uh, the most interesting market for us. We deem our product to sit in between the 155 and the 250cc comp- um, segments. Uh, with the M1S, we offer a product that sits in between with the body and build of a 155cc, but offering the power performance of nearly a 250cc, hmm. yet sitting price-wise in between. Right. And so as far as I understand from you, it's more of a both B2B and B2C model at this point in time. Uh, we begin B2C 
from mm. a business model perspective, like any other hardware first company. So, so we are definitely more of a hardware first company. In that sense, there is the uh, initial deposit, the recurring uh, loans that they pay along the way for the bikes. And to us, we also adopt the fintech business model to mm. continue with the cash flow revenue rather than just a one-off hardware sales process. We also expect to have premium customer care packages that mm. will allow us to offer superior experience, differentiating our entire brand and products from the from the from the madding crowd, basically. Mm. Uh, and I think in that sense, there are other business models that can extend into digital domain. Right. Uh, imagining an electric motorbike with an API right. in time to come. But for okay. the time being and for the foreseeable future, we're very much focused on realizing the hardware first mm. um, business model. Now let's talk a little bit more about positioning. I mean, you have given us a teaser with the uh, the inbuilt of tech, API, and etc. But what is your positioning strategy against the other players, such as uh, on Ion Mobility, which makes a, I believe, three wheel EV tuk tuks, or even Scorpio Electric, which makes electric motorbikes? So, so this is a very tough question. Uh, Tintin likes to field such tough questions. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the first comparison is an easier one to, to uh, distinguish. Uh, we don't do three-wheelers, not yet at least. Uh, and I don't think there's as much market in the world, or at least in this region, for B2C three-wheelers. Mm. Uh, with that regard, uh, we're very much a two-wheeler electric player. Uh, and then, so Onion is three-wheelers, we're two-wheelers. Right? Mm. Uh, if you compare the product specs of Onion Mobility, they have a 45 kph top speed and a range of about 70 plus kilometers per charge. Um, they obviously carry more load and uh, volume, mm. but in our case, uh, we're looking at a product that is 105 kilometers per hour, uh, 150 to 170 kilometers per charge, right. uh, with, a, with a zero to 50 acceleration of 3.7 seconds. That wow. is even faster okay. than what Scorpio is fielding with their X1. So, you know, it, it's not like necessarily one's better than the other. I mean, motorbikes, it, effectively, you can see motorbikes as a continuum of preferences and design mm. styles. And the, this goes back to also my earlier comment about full stack and end-to-end -end approach, where because the motorbike is actually a very volumetrically constrained product, yeah. in order to better target the segment that we want to start with, in order to build the lifestyle brand to begin with, mm. we would have to then control everything end-to-end -end because after you take away combustion components, you actually don't have a lot more volume left. For mm. within the motorbike, unlike car, bus, truck, where you yeah. have a flat bit. In order, because of that, then we are now able to go after the segment as opposed to other players. I don't know so much about Onion, but I do know that compared to Scorpio, we, we are way, I mean, we, we do everything in-house. We don't outsource mm. anything uh, and we don't even outsource our manufacturing. We, we do right. it in-house, end-to-end, Tesla style. <laughs> so Tesla style. If you're to differentiate, it's many, many domains, many perspectives mm. to look at it, but I hope I gave you a good enough answer. Okay, one point that you mentioned was about chasing after a particular consumer segment. So how would you define your customers and any names that you can share at this point in time? So being a B2C customer with uh, three-figure sales in the interim, uh, three-figure pre-orders in the interim without a store and without a factory, uh, I would have too many individual names uh, with a loss of privacy if I would mm -hmm. name them to you. Uh, but, but definitely these are... Uh, the customers from the metropolitan Jakarta region, which is a population of over 30 plus million, mm. uh, out of a national population of 270 million approximately. And, uh, but 80% of the 155 CC market is actually in Jakarta. Right. So, so in that sense, we, we go after that segment and we expect to do a lot more in the brand building and the go-to-market the, uh, deliveries end of this year and Q1 next year.
And in terms of your product pipeline, uh, James, I believe Ion Mobility launched uh, your M1 as electric scooter in November last year. And according to Technote Global, the launch also saw the firm signing an agreement with Indonesia's national grid operator called uh, PT Peru Sahan uh, Listrik Negara uh, to expand its charging network. So tell us more about both developments and how does it set the stage for your future growth? So we, we soft launched the M1S in November last year. It is actually a monumental undertaking to undertake to take on to to develop seventy five plus percent of the bike from scratch, twenty five percent of the parts off the shelf. Uh, we are in the final stages of mass production readiness, and uh, in that sense, we we will see the production deliveries to to uh, early Q one next year. The partnership that so that answers the where have we come since then yeah. from November last year till now, uh, with the MOU agreement with PLN. The idea initially was, and, and this is something that's interestingly unique to uh, a large market like Indonesia where they undertake a very pragmatic approach towards charging networks. The best charging network is the decentralized grid socket that you get anywhere. The, the motorbike, electric motorbike, is in itself a unique product where not too big, not too small, mm-hmm. not quite a bicycle lane product like what you get from mm-hmm. China, but definitely not uh, a car. To that end, you are able to then use the 13M socket to support the charging needs. We have a 0 to 100% charging speed in three hours, 0 to 80 in two, 20 to 80% in mm-hmm. one, right? With the grid, it is the best grid, uh, best charging network we can get. But the only way that w- it's a monopoly within Indonesia in terms yeah. of the grid operator. So they are the natural partner for us to work with. Uh, in talking to them, we quickly realized that there was a lot of room for what I call this chaotic constructive innovation where, you know, it's, even though it sounds simple, it's just a socket, but you have to do a lot of things to integrate payment, uh, integrate the charging experience, and uh, tie it back to uh, measuring the kilowatt hour from a normal 13M socket that you don't measure at that socket, but you measure at the circuit breaker hmm. level, right? So all that jazz and, and looking at what they've done for their uh, SPLU, which is their charging mm. network for motorbikes, we, we saw room for co-creation and that has been what we've been working on since then, uh, delivering uh, a redesigned charging socket, uh, charging station for, yep. for them. So that, that answers the PLN side. Uh, to us, uh, it is our commitment, uh, even to our partners, and to, that we are prepared to go super end-to-end. Yeah. Whatever it takes to support your customer experience in making a transition, which we think is inevitable, coming towards this new uh, carbon neutral economy that we are heading towards, be more responsible for our planet, right? Right. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit more about your geographical footprint, uh, James. I believe you're very focused on Indonesia and Singapore right now. But uh, the big thing is that your electric motorbikes cannot be sold in Singapore. So two parts to this question. One is why can't you sell your motorbikes in Singapore? And two is what is the role then of Indonesia and Singapore for the firm? The can't sell your motorbike statement is a relatively loaded one. We can make our motorbikes sellable in Singapore. From a startup perspective, mm. um, having fundraised and operated our, and built our teams remotely during COVID period and raising through two difficult ch- periods, right? COVID followed by the funding crunch nuclear winter last year. Uh, I, I think we have to be very focused. This means that we need to go after the biggest, most significant market in, our, in, in this Southeast Asia. Uh, the Indonesian market is the third largest market in the world for mm. motorbikes. The city itself, Jakarta, is 80% of the market segment for our for 155 to 250cc market segment that we're going after. Uh, Singapore, by comparison, 
our population of motorbikes is between 100 to 120,000, of which only 20 to 30,000 is on the road at any one point in time. Mm. And on a good day, you'll get up to 80 to 120,000 motorbikes from JB coming in mm. on our road. Uh, I'd rather sell in Malaysia next. Hmm. If even if I were to deprioritize Vietnam and Thailand. So it's more a matter of practicality mm-hmm. and uh, focus. The charging requirements for electric vehicles in Singapore also goes gears more towards four legs good, two legs bad, uh, car heavy, car first market. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make our bike also be ready for the standards of um, two, two, uh, type 2 chargers, it's extra engineering effort homologated against European standards, which is far more challenging for a startup that does not have years of accumulation of engineering that, mm. that we will build up towards. So I estimate that we will be in a position to get our bikes ready for Singapore towards the second half of next year. Mm. But in the meantime, the early supporters that we've been emailing us or contacting us has, just has to give us more grace, yeah? mm. a bit more patience as we uh, survive before we thrive. So Singapore is more of your R&D hub at this point? So we are definitely very much headquartered in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Uh, The biggest team right now, proportion-wise, is in Singapore. The leadership and founders are all Singapore-led. Uh, we we are, uh, but Indonesia, by the end of this year, will outstrip Singapore in uh, team size. Uh, They're a close second right now. And uh, from a product positioning and a brand positioning, we are designed in Singapore, but made in Indonesia. Mm. Uh, I think that is in itself a very powerful proposition because Singapore as a hub for capital, talent, and uh, synthesis Mm. that we as Singaporeans are very good at, uh, yet sitting at the crossroads of what I think is the ASEAN core prosperity growth initiative, yet with the One Belt, One Road initiative coming to this part of the world, as well as the... uh, positive implications from the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act that is uh, mm. happening on the other side of the, island, the ocean. Uh, I think we're, we're at this interesting crossroads of macro and micro trends that puts us in a good state to fly this flag mm. high and do this uh, design in Singapore made in Indonesia thing. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with James Chan, CEO of Ion Mobility and Lee Park Singh, Assistant Chief Executive for Trade and Connectivity at Enterprise SG. And uh, speaking of Singapore, Park Singh, let's move on to you and uh, talk about the issue of local firms perhaps designing e-scooters, e-bikes, but uh, finding it perhaps not as worth it to sell it in their home market of Singapore or to design you know, products that can be catered to this market. How prevalent is this issue right now, especially with electrification being a key trend in the mobility sector? Uh, thank you for the question, Tian Tian. Uh, there are now more than 100 uh, electric motorbikes on Singapore roads. So uh, companies can actually make and sell uh, mm-hmm. electric motorbikes if they meet uh, LTA uh, regulations. Uh, the the uh, use of electric motorbikes is not as prevalent now in Singapore, uh, largely because of price point and also the lack of uh, infrastructure such as uh, charging points or the lack of uh, battery swapping facilities. But now we're sending this, as you can see from Iron's uh, Mobility's case, it does not prevent our companies from spotting opportunities in this sector, given a trend of electrification and also making uh, a viable business out of it. And it is commendable what Iron Mobility has done in a short period of time. Uh, there are uh, at least six companies now in Singapore that design and produce e-motorbikes here and sell them globally. Now, why do these companies uh, operate out of Singapore? Right? Mm. As, as you can uh, hear from, uh, from James, they do their R&D here. Uh, they're able to raise funds here, attract talents and uh, manage the regional assembly of the motorbike parts and test bait new solutions and then scale overseas. And, and these companies are, are part of the larger mobility sector, including uh, companies that develop 
uh, EV and mobility solutions like uh, EV batteries, charging solutions, and uh, vehicle telematics. So we are quite excited uh, in working with companies like Iron Mobility to grow this sector, and we will continue to see, and, comp- and, and and we continue to see a lot of opportunities uh, in the region and and beyond. Mm. And Park Seng staying with you, right? Uh, being part of Enterprise SG, which aims to grow local enterprises and get them to contribute to GDP, uh, how is Enterprise SG working with firms like Ion Mobility to tweak their business models or generate revenue out of Singapore apart from just you know having their R&D activity based here? Sure. We, we work with enterprises in many ways to support their growth. And uh, in, in this specific case of Iron Mobility, we actually invested in them uh, in the early days uh, to support their company growth directly. And, and the investment has allowed them to scale uh, much faster. Additionally, we have also supported companies like uh, them to, uh, to, to do specific product development. Mm. Uh, for example, we supported Iron Mobility uh, in doing the R&D and manufacturing of their flagship electric vehicle, electric uh, motor uh, cycle launched in 2021. And uh, besides supporting them in their enterprise capability development, we also help them penetrate overseas markets. Right. Um, and because Singapore's market is small, uh, the upside to selling the products is really from the overseas markets. Mm. And to this end, one of the key roles that we play is to help companies uh, assess uh, markets overseas. And our help can range from providing market advisory on the opportunities to also linking them with key industry stakeholders um, to navigate, you know, the, the local requirements. For example, our uh, Enterprise SG Overseas Centre in Jakarta connected Iron Mobility to the Indonesian Investment Ministry to mm. understand the EV-related regulations and, and, and how to tap on the EV-related incentives. And this, of course, complements the company's own market penetration efforts. So all in all, we, we work uh, quite holistically with uh, companies to see how we can support their growth and uh, we, we continue to uh, uh, look forward to working with companies uh, that have the drive uh, to go overseas and, and penetrate the overseas markets. Mm. And if you could take us through Park Seng, uh, does Enterprise Estuary actively reach out to this group of players or do the players come to you and what is the typical outreach process like? Uh, it works both ways. Um, a majority of companies are aware that they can approach Singapore SG uh, or our network of partners if they need more targeted uh, help. Uh, there are various touch points. Uh, they can go to uh, uh, our hotline, our Enterprise SG website, the Go Business Portal. And they can also approach the uh, SME centres. We work uh, with 11 SME centres uh, which can provide advisory to them and as well as our uh, trade associations and chambers or TACs. And those who have very strong internationalization plans like uh, Iron Mobility uh, will be able to work with our overseas market centers. Uh, Enterprise SG has um, 36 overseas centers which work very closely with companies in these overseas markets to help them uh, gain market share uh, in, in those uh, geographies. Right. And let's talk a little bit more about the dollars and cents in the meantime. Uh, James, uh, Ion Mobility had in February closed an 18.7 million US dollars uh, new funding round, uh, taking the total amount raised since uh, 2020 to over 25 million US dollars. The question is, what is the, what was the rationale behind the fund raise? Any profitability and revenue goals for the firm? I think any hardware company in Singapore or anywhere in the world will always have to fundraise in its early years of growth. And by early, I define five to seven, right? Mm. Uh, hardware companies by nature, virtue, especially of the extent of in-house uh, full-stack control that we have, 
the trade-off for margins control and full stack control and product agility, tech rope mm-hmm. agility is uh, capex and opex along the way. Yeah. Uh, this should translate into more defensible, higher multiples, brand value, and uh, higher margins from our customers, uh, higher loyalty. Right? Mm. Evidenced by what you see from lifestyle brands like DJI and uh, even even uh, OnePlus relative to yep. other Chinese brands, uh, and even Huawei's latest brands, uh, and obviously Apple. The you know, mm. for references across industries. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of capital required for equipment, mm-hmm. for order uh, inventory orders. Uh, and it's a little premature to discuss or predict in the crystal ball with any accuracy profitability goals. But I do hope that in seven to 10 years' time, we can achieve a billion dollars in valuation, typically benchmarked around one to 200,000 in annual sales okay. for, the, for the company. And that, I think, is a relatively conservative target uh, that I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver on, mm-hmm. given my style as an entrepreneur. Uh, right. uh, because if you think about it, 200,000 against 6, point, 6 plus million sales a year in Indonesia is a fraction right? as a brand, right? Mm. Uh, and, and in that sense, my personal yacht sticks a billion in valuation, uh, profitability between the 7-10 year mark. The valuation uh, is really a function of what the market uh, is willing to pay and uh, your guess is as good as mine and uh, is for, for me to know and for you to find out later on mm-hmm. as, we, as we get there. Uh, but, but yes, it's... It's a lot more about the investor and partner support in the meantime. Okay, talk about that investor and partner support. Uh, some of the investors have taken part in your Series A fundraise, included uh, Quest Ventures, Monkill Ventures, Seeds Capital. Um, but perhaps more noteworthy is that you've got the world's leading uh, two- and three-wheeler manufacturer called uh, TVS Motor Company as your strategic investor. How do you intend to make use of its ecosystem, its network and its infrastructure to grow in Indonesia in particular? So uh, there's two parts to this answer. Uh, I think first half of it is recognizing the seed stage investors that came along the way during mm-hmm. COVID years, 2020 and 21, to help us out. Uh, there, there are a few names missing that I think Warren mentioned. Uh, the initial institutional check was from Monks Hill. Uh, there are other players like Village Global from the US, uh, the five, uh, TMB Aura mm-hmm. with Seas Capital, and uh, 500 South- Southeast Asia. And later on, uh, Quest Ventures, right? We have TMB re-upping. Uh, and then in Series A that we closed recently, apart from TVS, there were returning investors and some other small angels and, exist- and team members even. Mm-hmm. The uh, financial investment is just the baseline for any tech venture that's looking to scale its growth and have better returns on capital. The uh, other part of the value add that is less obvious, but uh, industry insiders will pick it up upon the, the fact is uh, with TVS Motors uh, validating our progress to f- thus far at, in February, uh, we become the only automotive two-wheeler-backed player in Southeast Asia. Mm. Uh, that, I think, is not something to be sniffed at because um, this region, apart from Thailand, I think, has uh, yeah. not has as much, not has had as Apart from Thailand, has not has an, had as much support uh, mm-hmm. or even organic industry growth sufficiently full stack and across value chains uh, in the two wheeler space. Right. Uh, and gaining the the recognition from TVS and getting their non monetary support has been very significant. Apart from helping us with uh, reducing the weight of our bike, uh, they've also gone to give us significant inputs into our upcoming factory uh, near them. Mm. Uh, and also, we're in talks to. Uh, explore further synergies together. So this kind of synergy doesn't usually come with yeah. financial-only investors. And it's also an interesting bet uh, both ways. 
where they could have done it themselves, but they saw something unique and interesting in what we're doing to mm. back us and partner with us in Southeast Asia. Right. And likewise, we, unlike typical startups who avoid strategic investors in uh, earlier funding rounds, mm-hmm. have embraced the fact that uh, I think the decades of know-how that they've accumulated yeah. initially with the Suzuki partnership and subsequently with decades of their own growth and learnings is irreplaceable and unmeasurable. Right. And let's take a look at the road ahead then, uh, James. I believe you're focusing your research and development in Singapore, working with ASTAR's uh, Singapore Institute of Manufacturing Technology to optimise and co-develop advanced motors. Uh, tell us more about how this will build up your pipeline of products ahead. So I've had 17 years of uh, professional experience after graduating wearing all three hats across three sides of the of the of the table mm. first as a industry development uh, public servant in the government followed by as a venture capitalist and angel investor and later on as a serial tech entrepreneur uh, the I've recognized I wear many hats in the company uh, I'm CEO CFO CMO also chief science officer uh, I've deeply aware I'm deeply aware of the value that can be co-created with A-STAR's various institutes. And SimTech was not the only one that I worked with. Uh, they get the mention here. Uh, I've got a lot of help from the battery uh, side of things as well. And uh, the SimTech collaboration specifically works on the core IP of the company. Uh, as an electric motorbike company, we cannot depend on just our suppliers for supplying us what's available off the shelf within their library of uh, models. We have to innovate constantly on the architecture topology of the electric motors. We have to innovate on the cost to performance of the magnets and the copper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to gain some degree of um, reasonable negotiation and market power with our suppliers such right. that we become, to some extent, more like a Dyson, which owns a lot of the IP around their motors, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, I'm just... Um, white label, private label, ODM kind of OEM, where yeah. I don't really have much magic in-house. And that's 99% of the players in Southeast Asia. Mm, okay. They just take from the shelf. So working with A-Star helps us in this period to reduce the capex and co-create and look for IP uh, that we just don't have the business case to make right now. Mm. So it, it jumpstarts the kind of uh, tech development that we can do that charts a better course for the longer term future. Hmm. And before we let you guys go, um, James, and feel free to jump in, Park Singh as well. What are some uh, future plans for Ion Mobility and what can we expect here in Singapore? Uh, I, I will be a bit flippant and looking forward further. I hope one day M1S motorbikes can be qualified sufficiently to roll out on National Day Parade as part of civil defence minimally. Wow. Uh, as a Singaporean who very much is vested to the success of our country, and in our role as a key node in Southeast Asia's growth and prosperity, I'd love to see, I'd love to see that happen, right? Uh, that's, mm. that's the kind of non-monetary but uh, very, very key milestone that we hope to achieve in years to come. Uh, I think the commercial value of a bike rolling on the roads of Singapore is less valuable than the halo effect that it signifies for consumers in Singapore also buy in alongside the Indonesian customers. And beyond Indonesia, I think we hope to see ourselves expand into the other key markets in Southeast Asia, such as uh, Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines, and even Malaysia. Hmm. Thanks a lot, James and Park Singh. That was James Chan, CEO of Ion Mobility, and Lee Park Singh, Assistant Chief Executive for Trade and Connectivity at Enterprise SG. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.